Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, episode number 13. We're really racking these up. Today's episode, we are talking about self-defense. Is jiu-jitsu viable for self-defense? Man, it's all about what works on the streets, yo. Exactly, because we are all about the streets. (laughs) I am Kieran Lefebvre. I am the co-host of this podcast. My qualifications include being a very... Beginner white belt, nutrition oh, come on, bro. nutrition coach, and jujitsu media person. <laughs> on your way to guru. Yes, trying, trying, on my way. Trying to reach the guru status. Yes, yes. Uh, for me, I am Adam Childs. Uh, my wife and I own Alliance Sydney Jiu-Jitsu in Rose Bay. I'm a black belt under Alliance head coach, Fabio Gergel. And today we're going beyond jujitsu. Beyond jiu-jitsu. We need to get like one are of those Are we actually jingles. episode 13? We are episode 13. Dude, we're crushing it. It we feels are. like- We're so good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, I think, you know, I know we did an episode last week, but it feels as if it's been forever since we did a, did an episode. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know if, if it does for you, but for me it feels yeah like a long time has passed between recordings. I mean, for our audience, it's going to be like, guys, you release like two a week. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to make any sense. Uh, just on the posting schedule, before we get into today's episode, uh, basically we have been releasing episodes fairly frequently up until this episode airs it would have been around about four, average on four to five per week uh, just to get our launch of the podcast going. However, from now on, the posting schedule is going to be twice a week. We release episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays, Australian Eastern Standard Time at 5.30. So if you want to mark that in your calendars, that is the posting schedule for the podcast moving forward. We are also up and running on Instagram at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast to check us out. And we also have a Patreon. If you want to support the show and keep things ticking over, jump over to Patreon. The link is in our Instagram bio, or you can simply search Beyond Jiu-Jitsu on Patreon to support there. Bonus content, episodes, Q&As, and live streams are going to be what's hosted on Patreon. Nudes. And and yeah, Adam is uh, <laughs> vouching. When we hit 10 Patreons, he's going to release his OnlyFans content on Patreon. <laughs> Careful, Dan and Jake will sign up five times each. Excellent. Let's Dan and Jake sign up, please, if you want OnlyFans exclusives. But today, let's get into the jujitsu. We are talking about self-defense. Is jujitsu actually applicable for self-defense? For real self-defense. So first, first thing I wanted to ask you, Adam, as a gym owner, for those that don't know, Alliance Sydney head coach, owner with his wife, as he said, how many people join jiu-jitsu purely for self-defense? For me in my my gym, not a lot, really. I, I'm trying to think, like, we've been open for three years and if I think back through the amount of people who – because one of the important things that I ask any new member, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes just in, in passing, one of the most important – questions I ask is why they've decided to train jiu-jitsu because it just helps you better coach that student because some people start just for a hobby because their friend did it some people do it to overcome anxiety or, or whatever so you need to treat everyone a little different so I more or less at the time of a new student coming in know the reason they're coming in and if I think back over the three years the amount I would put it under 10 probably less than 10 students I've had say they started jujitsu because of self-defense. Right. That's not to say I, I don't want to already, you know, be like, cool, episode over, bye. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's not me saying that jujitsu doesn't work for self-defense. I'm just saying for my experience as a, as a gym owner, a very few people, that's been the number one reason that they started. I would argue that's a byproduct of the fact that it's not really the way jujitsu as a whole markets itself. There, I mean, now that I say that, there, there are plenty of gyms who do go that angle. If you look at a bit more, a lot of the, the Gracie models. Yeah, I was just thinking Gracie a bit more, is more like Yeah, that. are a bit more heavily modelled on self-defence. 
But I think the sport as a whole and the popularity of the sport, it's not its self-defense qualities that have made the sport grow, right? It's the, the competitive sport aspect that have, that's made it grow. Sporting side, yeah. Yeah, so you typically get the most people who come and train at my gym, it's usually because, you know, they've watched UFC or, you know, something like that. Okay, so the, for the purposes of a soundbite, does jiu-jitsu work for self-defense? Yes, Kieran. Yes, it does. <laughs> Excellent. Full stop. Yeah. Let, uh, let's let's yeah, elaborate. Does. I mean, you have to – and as we, as we talk, I, I do want to hear your point of view as well because you're someone who – one of the, the good dynamics we have is two different ends of the spectrum in terms mm. of a white belt's point of view and a black belt's point of view. But you also have another – point of view being that you come from the Navy and it's not like you were, you know, you were an, a navigations officer yeah, in, in the Navy. Yep. So it's not like you were a Navy SEAL, like out there hand to hand combat, but you still go through basic training and all this sort of stuff that, and it's very different when you look at self-defense, it really kind of depends. What are you defending yourself against? Exactly. You know? So Krav Maga is one of the best known self-defense martial arts, but it's like a military self-defense martial art. You know, so does it work? Yeah. But also in Rose Bay of Sydney, how many people are going to pull an AK out in my face? Yeah. Zero, right? So it works, but it has zero applicability, you know, whereas, um, you know, so you would have some insight coming from a military sort of background as well in terms of your opinion of jujitsu as a self-defense, whereas my so. opinion is, yeah, you would think so. <laughs> whereas, um, yeah, I mean, should we tell everyone you actually were kicked out of the Navy? Is no, that not public? Yet. No, no, no. <laughs> Save that for another day. <laughs> um, He's joking. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it depends, like self-defense in, in what scenario? Yeah, that makes sense because the like self-defense is such a broad – such a broad statement, right? So if you're on a warship, the warship could undertake self-defense, but is the warship going to do jiu-jitsu? That's ridiculous. It's a fucking warship. <laughs> I know, man, I've seen Transformers. Missiles, right? I've seen Transformers yeah. and they can do some things. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they could do hand-to-hand. Yeah, so in the context, okay, so let's be realistic. In the context, when most people think self-defense, you would probably be thinking like a bar fight scenario. Right. So yeah. is jujitsu going to help you in a scenario where you have an aggressor, you're facing an aggressor either on the street or in a bar or maybe even at a party. Maybe you went to a friend's gathering, a friend's New Year's party and someone that you don't know or, or what have you wants to pick a fight with you. Yeah, there's there's a few things to consider. First thing I'll, I'll, I'll clear up, first of all, is one of the biggest criticisms jiu-jitsu gets as a self-defense is a lot of the competitive sporting jiu-jitsu techniques wouldn't work in self-defense. What's right? an example? I don't know, like a bearing bolo. Yep. Yeah, that's usually like the main or butt scooting in general. That yep. would be the main uh, category, if you will, that gets criticized. Or you could also say another area that gets criticized is gi and just using the gi in general, whether yep. that's grips or gi chokes and what have you. But firstly, I'll, let me just deal with that very common criticism. The gi one is an easy solution because, well, in my opinion, I've spoken to this not on, not on the podcast, but my students who have trained with me for long enough know, should know that they have to do gi and no gi right? For me, that's, it's, you know, you have to do both aspects of the sport. So if they're not wearing a gi, cool, use your no gi skills. For those who say like, oh, but no one ever wears a gi. Well, I first started training in Canada and I can tell you every single person is wearing a gi and much, a belt. <laughs> yeah, is pretty much wearing big, thick down jackets that, yep. man, they have collars that are far more savage than a gi collar. Like these jackets are super thick, mm. could be used as a gi. Right. In terms of the sporting techniques like bearing bolos and uh, and you know compromising positions, uh, we were chatting about one the other day. I think it was deep in, half guard. Yeah, deep half mm. guard where a guy just got elbows dropped on him. Right? Yeah, in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, of course, UFC is not MMA, uh, not self defense, mm. but it's a situation with striking. 
if you're good enough at jujitsu, let's take like Mikey Musameshi, who's known as having incredibly good bearing bowlers and all this stuff. What allows him to do that? Well, the fact that he can do everything else as well, you know, if Mikey gets in a street fight situation, or let's say if I get in a street fight situation and I decide to deal with that situation by doing a bearing bolo, well, then that's not jujitsu not, not working. That's me being a moron, yeah. right? So the criticism that, oh, but that wouldn't work on the street, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but okay, you know, if you're doing a jujitsu self-defense class or course, whatever, right? Let's say you turn up to the class and the timetable is, you know, 5.30 self-defense and in that class, the instructor's teaching a bearing bolo. Well, that's ridiculous, right? But, you know, if, you, if you're a successful black belt world champion, whatever, are you going to be able to use jujitsu in self-defense? A hundred percent. You're just not going to do the techniques that don't work mm. in self-defense or are not advisable. In self-defense. I'd also counter with that or add to that rather and say that if you're in a position in the street, you're in a street scrap uh, and you're implementing your jujitsu, when would the opportunity arise for you to do a barambolo? Like to me, I can't think of a scenario where a black belt enters into a one-on-one situation with an untrained because the, you you know. That's, yeah, that's actually a good point as well because as you'll find as you get higher up in jiu-jitsu and then you're training with lower belts, you often can't do those more advanced techniques. Like even though nowadays bearing bolo isn't really considered that advanced of a technique, let's still say it is a more advanced technique. You can't do it on lower belts because they don't move and react in the way that they need to for you to be able to do that technique in the sense that they don't, they don't, defend the original attack appropriately Mm. you know so then if you look at a self-defense situation as well yeah you could say well you'd never be in that position because an untrained person won't move the way that a jujitsu fighter would move to allow you to do a bearing bowler ever so you you wouldn't do one i had a i had this sort of discussion uh with a friend of mine uh yesterday and was saying that like we're speculating, what if you got into a street fight with someone and then it very quickly was obvious that you both trained jiu-jitsu? That would be hilarious, it would wouldn't be, it? It would be terrible, but also hilarious. But I think in that scenario- That could be such a good skit. Like, And yeah. it could go up one of two. Like Key and Peel could do a skit. Do you know who Key and Peel are? You were telling me about them Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, two super yeah. funny comedians and they could do a skit about it. I could see it happening. It could go to one or two ways. But realistically, right? <laughs> if that happened to you, you'd probably stop and be like, hang on a minute. Like, yeah, I guess- It would be obvious and you would probably say something something if you weren't in the heat of it too much you'd be yeah, like it would okay. depend what the the fight was about exactly right? if it yeah. was something trivial you might just stop and all of a sudden be best buds yeah you know? be like hang on where do you train <laughs> oh, oh gracie balmain or like where yeah, and then the fight keeps going because yeah. you're like oh, you suck. Yeah, gracie, no, yeah yeah exactly it's like oh trade alliance northern beaches <laughs> it's like oh hang on a minute <laughs> that would actually be hilarious i'm sure it's happened at some stage somewhere yeah. in the world but yeah yeah i'm pretty sure there's videos uh on youtube of people in brazil having like mad full-on fights jiu-jitsu people on the beach but i think that's like a little bit different uh yeah i'm not sure you know i've made i can't recall videos i've probably seen videos like that in passing but i think that was different it was like they knew who they were fighting and they did it i know that back in the day though you know i've had had heard stories from from fabio and jacare it was super brutal. Like the different teams and gyms, mm. man, it was almost like these little wars between them. They re- Gang rivalry. They really, they really hated each other. I mm. mean, Fabio told me one story where, you know, a group of rival gyms, uh, a, a group of guys from a, a rival gym, they were okay with Fabio because Fabio fought MMA or something. Fabio had a good relationship with them for whatever reason, but one of the, other guys at the gym, I, was, I don't know if it was one of Fabio's students or just another guy who trained at the gym. These guys legit w- were going to kill this guy. Like they wow. hated him so much. It was like, you know, he's told stories about big rivalries and, you know, so it doesn't it doesn't seem too far-fetched to think that these jujitsu fights broke out on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> the beaches of Rio covered in coconut oil. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah, it gets slippery and then goes straight into the no-e. So what are some pros for 
jujitsu in self-defense? Where, where, where are jujitsu strengths over something like boxing or another striking martial art? So the, the first point would be that, you know, I don't know what the statistic is, but everyone goes like 80 or 90%, whatever it is of, of street fights go to the ground. Yeah. Whatever it is. 90, 98% of statistics are made up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the actual number is, but you know what I mean. You know, every, most people who have any knowledge or read anything about self-defense have probably heard, you know, X amount of fights go to the ground. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, obviously that's your strength as a jujitsu fighter. You're more comfortable on the ground, but that doesn't mean you're going to take a fight on the ground. So what I mean is if you're in a one versus one situation, then you could uh, hypothetically do whatever. It doesn't, it's not a risk for you to be on the ground. But the problem is if you're then looking at a group situation, you know, if it did happen at a bar or something like that, and then you end up on the ground and you're thinking, yeah, cool, I'm going to whatever, play guard. Or even if you're on top, you're mounted on this dude. But then his friend runs up behind you and just hits you over the back of the head with a baseball bat or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, pull to your chair or something. Yeah, if the there's head. multiple people around, you could be in an incredibly dominant position on the ground, but if other attackers are present, it's definitely not where you want to be. So if you then think, okay, well, you know, if that's not where you want to be, then what's the point? Jiu-jitsu, blah, 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 blah. Well, I've done this in training sometimes. Not, I don't teach it all the time. But if I were to ask you, what's the correct way to get up, right? Like let's imagine you and I are rolling or maybe a better example is UFC fighters, right? Where, you know, I've taken you down, but you're a, you're a striker. That's your strength. You're going to do what? You're going to try get back to your feet. Mm-hmm. And you see it in UFC and MMA. It's not that easy. It's There's a lot of technique involved in trying to stand back up against someone who's trying to hold you down. Right. So if I'm a jujitsu fighter and I get in an altercation with some dude and he's got a bunch of friends around and I end up on the ground, if, if someone's going to sit there and tell me that I don't have a better chance of getting back to my feet than someone who doesn't train jujitsu or like a boxer or something, that's ridiculous. Right. So I would use my jujitsu as a means to get back up off the ground. And then whether that means running or whatever, there's a lot of things to consider. Is it, yeah, is it you versus, 20 guys does the guy's mate have a knife like and you just want to run like hell you know it depends but the point i'm trying to make is your comfort on the ground and your ability to go from standing to the ground or from the ground to back up you know the only other real martial arts that that teach you that are if you're someone who trains mma or you know or wrestling i guess but even then wrestling's a little different so the strength would be that yeah, a lot of fights go to the ground, but it's not necessarily where you want to be in a street altercation. If you train jujitsu, I promise you, you're going to have a better chance at getting back up off the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying in a scenario, regardless of whether it's you versus three people, five people, or or one-on-one, if you had a black belt in jujitsu and you regularly train, you're going to have a better chance to escape that situation. Or if it does, you know, progress handle yourself being able to stand back up if you do go to the ground or take it to the ground if that's where you yeah you want uh, it to uh, be a hundred percent it's worth noting as well when you when you have the conversation about self-defense like martial arts and self-defense you always do kind of have to go into the conversation with the assumption that the aggressor doesn't also train yes a martial art because then it's it's just I'm not saying that scenario couldn't ever happen. Well, it's There's, a different discussion. Then. Yeah, but exactly. It's a different discussion. You know, does jujitsu work for self-defense when you get attacked by another black belt? Well, <laughs> I depends don't know. how good they are. Yeah, <laughs> depends how good they are, how good, you know, it's kind of going to turn into a jujitsu match, essentially, well, an MMA match because there's probably going to be punches. Thrown. Yeah. Like it's a different discussion, Yeah. right? You know, it's like, does boxing work for self-defense? Yeah, it does. But does it work against another boxer? Probably not if they're better than you, right? Mm. You know, because then they will outbox you. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's worth noting that, right? Because in the gym, it's very hard to get back up. 
Like if I were in your closed guard and I said, Kieran, I'm going to do nothing other than try to hold you down and you need to stand back up, it's hard, right? But if, if I got a fresh dude who'd never trained before and said, all I want you to do is hold him down, I promise you, you could get back up, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I think that strength can't be overlooked, right? If it's one-on-one, well, then you don't have to necessarily worry about getting back up. You'd right? want it to be on the ground. And You'd you see essentially that want it to be on the ground. You see, yeah, right. Where like, uh, say for, there's, there's videos on YouTube where someone was like, uh, like a black belt comes in and, and takes out uh, someone that was trying to kidnap someone and you see them, they always end up in their like back control. <laughs> or, or like someone was uh, like a black belt catches a, a someone that is trying to escape the police. And there's so many incident incidences uh, where people catch on film, normally the end part, and you yeah. always see the uh, the jujitsu practitioner have the perpetrator in back control with like a rear naked shirt. Yeah. That's like what you yeah. see or every sometimes time. Sometimes you see um, some ones I've seen from Brazil where a girl has been attacked and ended up on the ground on her back because it's the bigger dude who's just essentially, you know, run into her like a truck. Yeah. And she's got clothes guard on the bottom and, and gets them in a triangle. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And then I saw, yeah, <laughs> I saw crazy. this video years ago back when yeah. I was living in Brazil. So I wouldn't even know where to start looking to find it. That's crazy. But yeah, and I don't think she put him out, but she just held him in the, in the choke and t- until the police came and she had her friends around or something. So she was being looked after. Wow. And, and yeah, she just held him on the verge of passing out for however long until the police arrived. That's nuts. Um, and, you know, it, that actually does remind me of another point that I, I, mean, I don't always make it just because it's such a heavy and weighted subject, but not, I don't want to go too offensive. Isn't the right word. Cause it's not offensive, but Trig- if, like a trigger warning. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not to be too, too, yeah, too deep. But if you were a female and you were potentially being like sexually assaulted, closed guard is a very likely, you know, spot you could find yourself. Yeah. I've trained with lots of girls over the years and man, girls are incredibly savage at jujitsu, right? And I've been, I've been choked by heaps of girls like being in their closed guard, right? Like, in a self-defense situation, if you were a female jiu-jitsu practitioner and you ended up close guard on your back having some, you know, horrible person trying to take advantage of you, you're going to have a far better chance than anyone who's done any other martial art, I reckon. Mm. You know, even if you're a world-class Thai kickboxer, if you find yourself in that situation, I reckon the jiu-jitsu pedigree would serve you better. I think a common a common argument or like someone that doesn't train jiu-jitsu that might be arguing like say again back to boxing versus jiu-jitsu for self-defense in that scenario because in jiu-jitsu we don't train for striking mm. so there's certain i suppose things that you may come accustomed to or or things that you get used to in jiu-jitsu on the mats that may be detrimental on the street for example take take a guard when, when you have someone in your close guard, you're not expecting to be hit. So that's right, yeah. When that's why they say you don't really see too much close guard in MMA. And you, everyone knows, everyone that changed jiu-jitsu understands that close guard is more or less a neutral position. Yeah. That's pretty... It's pretty evident, right? So the person that is well, it's on considered top, a position that both people can score points from. Yes, the yeah. person on top is looking to pass. The person on the bottom is looking to sweep or submit. Yeah. However, if you add striking into that, the person on top can be Has looking. A massive oh, advantage. They, you, you're dropping bombs, son. Yeah. You're dropping hammer fists. That's why in MMA, the the close guard position, you see people get knocked out on yeah. the bottom. Yeah. So, big time. so all of a sudden, it goes from a neutral position to being very one-sided yeah so in jiu-jitsu when you're training how can you when it comes to self-defense isn't that a, a, a blaring hole in the the self-defense of jiu-jitsu is not including defense from strikes 
Well, there's depending on the gym that you train at, there is striking defense as part of their self-defense curriculum, if you will. I mean, it's going to depend, change from gym to gym. But there's, there's no foolproof system, you know. Like everything has it has its own glaring holes. When people, if the question is, does it work for self defense? I mean, this, the answer is simple. Like it's yes, right? Any to, to super simplify it, I put all martial arts into two categories. You have the martial arts that are more art and can be super beautiful and very hard to do. Like you know, things like the really elaborate. Um, Kung Fu and certain types of karate and, you know, Tai Chi and all these martial arts, that they're, they're more art. Hapkido, Aikido yeah. specifically, yeah. like Steven Seagal's famous dog shit martial art, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't get me wrong there. I'm not saying they're easy. I'm not saying they're not, you know, visually but I, but pleasing. Aikido does not work. It does not work whatsoever. Straight up. Does whatsoever. Not work. They're more about the art, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have martial arts that are more combat and what i mean by that is any martial art that you physically do it mm. right like boxing uh, any type of striking really boxing muay thai kickboxing wrestling as in college wrestling yeah uh, jiu-jitsu yep. all those martial arts where you're physically fighting someone within the rule set but you're physically fighting them okay so uh, let's take you know yeah boxing for example I've done Muay Thai over the years, but I'm not, I definitely don't classify myself as a striker and I really don't like getting hit. So if I were to get hit, right, that's going to, you know, can potentially stumble me, not as in physically stumble me, I'm going to get knocked out, although that could happen. I mean, stumble me as in, you know, it's not something I'm accustomed to. Whereas if you get someone who trains and competes in boxing, right, getting a hit to the head for them is not really that big of a deal you know and in jujitsu the same as you take a boxer they're going to be really uncomfortable getting smothered and yeah, squashed and that. everything yep. but for jujitsu people you're you're used to it right mm. it doesn't really bother you you know but um so any martial art that falls into that combat category as far as i'm concerned does it work as a self-defense yes a hundred percent uh is any one of them better than the other well yeah i think jujitsu is right but that doesn't mean the other ones don't work either so you're saying that you think that jujitsu is better as self-defense compared with just doing boxing or just doing muay thai yeah i mean you know the argument is strikers always say something like oh you know oh but i'll like knock you out before you you get close enough to take me down maybe <laughs> of course yeah that can happen Right, but Maybe. how many years of of MMA, right? Essentially, the closest we can get to a street fight without allowing people to eye gouge each other and whatever, and groin strike and things that would really take away from it being a spectator sport. Really, yeah. How, yeah. You know, how many years of MMA do we have to see until grappling as a whole is proven as being mandatory? Yep. Right. I agree. Look at the first the first few UFCs. Yeah. Like UFC one, two, three, four. The Gracie Gracie's dominated. Yeah. Like simple. And it doesn't mean that that striking doesn't work, but find find me a successful, like a top ten ranked UFC fighter who doesn't train any grappling at all. You just won't. It's impossible. Like it's you know. And then, you know, the days of martial art X versus martial art Y don't exist anymore because of the birth of MMA and all this shared knowledge and cross training. So you just can't really get that anymore authentically. But you know, when that existed, it was proven that grappling or jujitsu came out on top and the second best one, the one that gave jujitsu the biggest run for its money were the wrestlers. Yes. You know, so essentially even if we just put them together and just call it grappling, right. Grappling, in my opinion, is the best form of self-defense because even though striking can be incredibly effective, not always. I was in a street fight once. Ooh. <laughs> I've, not, I've not been in many. But long story short, that was 
um, myself, my wife and my brother, and we were on a tram in Melbourne and we got jumped by about 20 dudes, like 20 sort of like in between 16 to 20 year olds. They were just all out drunk and they jumped us and we got cornered in like one little corner of the tram and I we ended up just sort of like huddled in the corner just getting bombarded by 20 dudes until until the police arrived but before we got swarmed by them the main instigator guy like full hit me with a massive right hook right so I got hit did it knock me out no and then at this time, I actually didn't train jujitsu. I, I was, this was before I started training jujitsu. I trained Muay Thai. And then I grabbed him on the, the back of the head, like a clinch. A clinch yep. And I just, and I just pulled his head in and just kneed him right in the head. Didn't phase him at all. Right. Like didn't knock him out. I'm not saying it couldn't have, mm. you know, you can, you do see that as well. You sometimes see people get knocked out by the most insignificant yeah. hits, but with adrenaline and stuff, people can take way more punishment than you realize. Unless you hit them right on the button. So yeah. you're probably not going to stop a instigator or an attacker just with strikes, like I mean, unless you could, it knocks them you out. You could, right? right? But yeah, there's a, yeah, okay. I mean, if we just play the odds and we go, we go, all right, Kieran, you're, you're only allowed to strike and I'm just going to, my goal is just to run at you and get close to you. Mm. I think that, if, you know, if we did that a hundred times, I think, you know, nine, at least 90 of those times yeah. I would get close to you and be hugging you before like, I could knock before you, you would like yeah. instantly knock me out. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, so I'm not saying that that, that can't happen, but you, I mean, play the odds, right? Yeah. You know, and the odds go for me that grappling is the su- superior form of self-defense because it's just the ability to control what is happening. GSP is a beautiful example of it in MMA his ability to control the fight if he wanted it standing or on the ground, right? And it did result in some boring fights, but... Well, Khabib is the modern-day version of that. He smashes. Yeah, exactly. You've seen his new instructionals, like on BJJ yes. Fanatics? Yeah, I haven't, smash. Seen, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't actually gotten them, but yes, I've seen them. And, and he is a perfect example of... He is the superior grappler. His wrestling, combined with jiu-jitsu, is unstoppable. Yeah. And obviously he has a very strong foundation in uh, striking. But if you were to say is like, if you were to categorize Khabib in a category, (laughs) I would put him in grappling over striking. Obviously he's MMA, mixed martial arts, but his specialty is grappling. And I'd say the same or something similar about GSP. With his his specialty was jiu-jitsu, grappling. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So I think for me that, you know, gives a nice summary of like just whether it works or not. But if we look at a few other points that people bring up is is what if weapons are involved? Mm. So if someone has a knife, is jujitsu the most effective martial art? I don't know. I mean. Well, really, Krav Maga would be, right? Because you're trained specifically to deal with weapons. But Yeah, I guess, right? You know, I've never really trained Krav Maga. Mm. So I haven't, I'm not exposed to it enough to really know if it works. A lot of those martial arts where you're disarming people and doing this and that kind of require a very willing training partner, Mm. you know, and, and when you train something like jujitsu, you realize, oh, it's not as simple as me just doing this little whirlwind motion and the guy's going to like let go of what's holding it, you know, yeah. what, what he's holding in his hand, right? You, you realize how difficult it can be to actually physically manipulate someone's body when they're resisting. So I haven't trained Krav Maga to really learn any of the techniques and, and just go, man, I would just resist that and that would never work. But what I will say, well, firstly, I'll say I would never like to fight someone with a knife. Knives are super scary. They can be concealed it's not like you see in self-defense where a guy goes for a big like lunging one stab attack and Mm. you kung fu kick the knife out of their hand no right it's usually these little like uh shanks yeah yeah like you like you see people get stabbed in 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 
in prison movies or shows, right? It's this like jab, 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 jab to the stomach or something. It's terribly scary. I would never want to fight someone with a knife. What I will say that jujitsu has, if you were unfortunate enough to find yourself in that situation, is I would say it's one of the leading martial arts in giving you the skill to isolate a particular limb of a person. So if you've got a knife in your right hand, and I can control your right hand slash arm, that's going to allow me to avoid, hopefully avoid me getting stabbed, right? And I would say jujitsu practitioners have a better chance at controlling a body limb of an opponent than mm. any other martial art does. That's if they were to close the distance, right? Yeah, but what are you going to do? Fucking yeah. throw the knife at me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the counter argument would be, oh, but if you were a pro Muay Thai fighter, you can control the distance with your, you know, your limbs. You can, yeah, you know, but, keep keep um, them at, at bay. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, could. right? Like someone you running yes. at you. Yeah. You No, like, yeah. it, no. I just, uh, my brain's hurting thinking about the people who actually believe that stuff. Mm. Uh but any, I mean, look, like I, like I said, I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time in knife self-defense. Yeah. But it's also something where I'm playing the, the odds or the statistics. Mm. First of all, in Australia, I've only ever been in that one street fight I just mentioned, or maybe one other one, which I can't even remember. So in other words, like one street fight, mm. let alone any altercation I've ever been in with a knife different parts of the world it might be different well it would be different in in some parts of the world it might be a reality that you know it's like self-defense and and knife self-defense is synonymous in some parts of the world and i'm not you know i'm really can only speak from a jujitsu expertise point of view i think the best defense like if we were going to say universally the best defense someone against a knife is to have a gun yeah and then if we go into gun defense, oh, well, what is this, America? Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> You know, the best defense against guns is legislation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, no, but it's a look, drone strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like gun self-defense and disarming people with guns, I mean, mm. yeah, it's, let's, not, let's just not, it's, it's not so some, out of the realm. It's of so out discussion. of the realm of what we would talk about, yeah. you know. It, maybe it's a relevant conversation in Florida yeah, or something, but fact. it's just – you know, mm. it's it's not for this so, this podcast. So, in terms of like the basic weapon you'd expect in, without it being a, a gun, is a knife. And you're saying that jujitsu training enables you to isolate that limb to lock it. Well, yeah, it, I'm still saying down. you ideally don't definitely don't oh, even yeah. want to take that fight. And I think both of us agree that the first defense is to run the fuck away as fast as it can. Yeah, yeah. But if if you cannot, like in the scenario where you're locked in in on the tram, replace, you know, the 20 dudes with like, you know, one guy with a knife. You're, you're yeah, still, and you you're have stuck. to do something, right? Stuck. Yeah. Like to rely on running away in all yeah. self-defense scenarios is ridiculous yeah. because these people that are looking to attack you know that that's going to be. They're hungry, bro. They're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's the <laughs> thing. Like if someone is going out of their way to to rob people at knife point or whatever, like just give them your shit, first of all. 100%. But if they yeah. just want to attack you, if it's not about, you know, they're just insane or something, they, they're going to be considering your ability to run away. They're going to try and corner you and trap you. Yeah. So then you need to be able to defend yourself. And what you're saying is if you're in a in a closed environment on a tram and you don't have space to run and, and you know, throw kicks and stuff like that, Jiu-jitsu is probably going to be one of your best opportunities to isolate the limb. That's a really good point as well that I that you know I know I've thought of it but I didn't mention it uh, talking today was yeah what if you're somewhere where you don't have the space yep. to to throw punches or kicks you know like I guess you could argue Muay Thai sorry Muay Thai is, is very you kick need, dominant you need yeah. way more space yeah than, you know little dirty boxing yeah I guess you don't need as much space Chuck but a I guess short elbow but yeah yeah. Um, I guess you could argue, argue that you need a lot of space for jujitsu too. But anyway, I, I get the point that that you were making. Mm. The the other thing, and I guess for me, probably the final, maybe the final point that for me really drives home why jujitsu is such a good self defense martial art is well, is that sometimes in self defense you don't want to hurt the attacker right it's not always some person trying to rob you 
or sometimes, you know, so you could find yourself, let's take a very real situation that happens to frontline workers, you know, like nurses or something who are, or paramedics who are dealing with, you know, really aggressive patients, whether it's because they're drunk or it's because they've had a, they've got some kind of mental illness or, or even police or police, you know, or firefighters trying to take someone, you know, out of a dangerous situation that they're refusing to. Or even if you're not in one of those extreme circumstances, you could be at a family barbecue and maybe your your uncle got really drunk and is having to go at your dad or something. I don't know. Yeah, and like, like it you could know, be a family and, member. Yeah, could be a maybe friend. your uncle's a prick, but you don't yeah. necessarily want to Mike Tyson knock him out. Yeah, or crab right? McGrath guide his eyes. Gouge, gouge his, his eyes, eyes out, out or yeah, like yeah. take out his fucking esophagus yeah. or something. Yeah, or you like have to, hey, Uncle Bill, here, hold this knife so yeah. I can disarm you, then stab you. you yeah, know? exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, God damn and it, for Bill. that, jujitsu is far above and beyond. Mm. I'll give you a perfect example of something that happened to me. I won't mention who was involved, but there was um, me and, and, and a group of people and there was a, a lady who was with part of my group who got into an argument with this other lady who was massive. She was pretty much my size, you know, and I'm six, four, wow. right? Six, four hundred kilos. She was a big girl. Okay. And anyway, what's, what the argument was about isn't important, but the, the lady started the, the physical altercation of the argument. She pushed the lady who was with me, and then the lady who was with me threw her drink in her face. Very common movie scene reaction, mm. right? Uh, yeah. Take that. <laughs> but then this other lady full on like decked the woman that was with me. Like full king hit her. Like a roundhouse like, with a fist. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like a, like a hook, right? You know, full king hit this, this lady that was with me. So imagine... Imagine what what would my options be if I was only a striker? Very limited, right? Punch her in the face and then, <laughs> and and then you're a woman basher. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. off to prison. Yes. So I like launched across the the space that we were in and I grabbed this lady essentially in a rear naked choke, but I wasn't applying the choke. I was just holding her. Control. And, and dragging her away. And she was still swinging. Like as I'm dragging her backwards, she's swinging at the other lady right and then we kind of end, there was a bunch of stuff on the ground and we ended up kind of stumbling and tripped and I let go of her and she just fell on her butt and that was more or less that was the end of the physical and altercation then you mounted and just <laughs> ran around yeah, and, yeah. and then it was like Ezekiel choked yeah. her <laughs> and that was the end of the physical altercation right? right but imagine you know obviously the police came asked if charges wanted to be pressed blah yeah. blah blah but imagine if I was you know a striker and then I've gone and you know, uppercutted this this woman. Mm. I mean, even Your options are limited. And then in, in court, scenario. I'm like, oh, but she pushed my friend. Mm. Uh, yeah, like yeah, I but don't you're think you're a six foot four fucking <laughs> yeah. hundred kilo dude, right? Whereas mm. you know, I was able to control the situation without anyone getting hurt. Well, other than the the initial combat between the two ladies, right? Yeah. But it's I didn't hit anyone. I didn't choke her, right? Like I just pulled her backwards and then we stumbled and yeah. fell over, right? And that was the end of it. So if you're in a situation like that, a situation, yeah, it's your uncle or you're a frontline worker and you're dealing with a, a patient or something mm. like that, you know, man, how is jujitsu not the best or grappling I think it, not the best? In that scenario, in these scenarios, especially, that's where it really shines as a, a self-defense or a, because in my opinion, boxing versus jiu-jitsu, they're on the total opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of control. In jiu-jitsu, you have the ultimate ability, regardless of whether it's standing or on the ground, to have an element of control over your opponent. Yep. That's the whole basis of the martial art is a series of controlling positions, a hierarchy of positions that at the end of the day are designed to advance your position and control your opponent every yep. step of the way. Yeah. Whereas boxing, like you just said, you have the ability to defend yourself against strikes and to counter counterattack to to strike your opponent. There, there's an element of control there in terms of distance and space and everything, but it's nowhere near on the same level. No, no, yeah, no, nowhere near. I mean, I'm not saying that boxing or striking isn't incredibly dynamic and difficult and all these mm. nuances, but I don't think it compares to the amount of 
of control over another person's yeah. physical being yep. that jujitsu or, or wrestling grappling as a whole gives you. And I think the biggest, the, the reason that people believe that or the that this argument is, you know, so ancient it, despite UFC. Despite it being proven. Despite it being time proven and time, time again, again. Is because in the back Humans of everyone's. idiots. Well, in the back of everyone's <laughs> mind, particularly dudes, like young guys. And I've, I've been guilty of this. Don't get me wrong. Like particularly when I started you know, going to the gym for the first time and I was 18, I'd only wear string singlet. Have you seen their stringers? Oh God, they're so cringe. Exclusively wear stringers. I was about to say they're cringe, but to be fair, you were like a a competitive bodybuilder. This is before that. Yeah, super cringe. So I was like, (laughs) just turned 18. I'd been training at the gym for like 12 months. I thought I was king shit. You know, I was like 70 kilos dripping wet. Like I I was (laughs) tiny, right? But you know, when you get beginner gains and you just think you're so much bigger than you are, like body dysmorphia in the other way, right? So, um, but during that time, I thought I was king shit. I thought I was, you know, six foot four and bulletproof, right? I thought I was unstoppable. But in the back of every particularly young men's mind, they think that, you know, it's almost like a meme these days that it's it's kind of like, yeah, but when it comes down to it, I've got that drive. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got to kill. I've got to kill a mentality, yeah. oh, and it's, it's it's ridiculous. And it's so hard to explain to someone that hasn't trained. And I know our, most of our audience has probably trained jujitsu, so you know what I'm talking about here. But if you haven't trained before, you probably think, yeah, when it comes down to it, I could probably take my uncle Bill, even though yeah. he's like 90 yeah. kilos yeah. and and drunk and in, in, in a rage, I could take him. You know, but when you do roll with someone for the first time and they are going semi hundred percent or, you know, not hundred hundred, but they are actually trying. You're like, holy fuck. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It is completely different to what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I think, I think any male who's gone through their late teens has had that thought pass through their head. Oh, hundred percent. But it's funny. Well, like when you're someone who actually does train, you're, yeah, you're far less likely to think like that. Of course, there's, you know, you do, there are people that exist who do train combat sports. I'm not even going to say martial arts anymore. I'm going to refer back to the two categories. Yep. And, you know, there are people who train combat sports and are bad people who do still look for fights and, and stuff like that. But I would say the majority of people who train will actively do what they can to avoid fights, not necessarily because of that cliche, they know they can lose or whatever, but it's more just like, it's not even worth my, like it's, it's not worth my time and, and you have nothing to prove. Yeah. I got nothing to prove. Like that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing, particularly young, young, like I'm going to, you know, be a little bit sexist here, particularly young men, like a young guy who doesn't train has something to prove. Cause it's almost innate ingrained within our brains, almost evolutionary to want to prove yourself physically over other men. It's yeah. it's it's like a, a primitive dominance sort and, of and thing. And you know what? You see people who are unwilling to let that that feeling or that thought belief slip away. I've seen it even just my short three years of, of running my own gym, but I've seen it prior to that as a student, but even seen it just in the three years of guys who come in and think they're, tough shit and they realize from class one class two class three or whatever that they're not and and they move on you know because they don't want to lose that belief and then you see people who go the other way they're they're amazed at the power of of jujitsu when they stick around and keep training but i've seen heaps of people who who oh yeah when it comes down to it i could take him yeah they realize that they're absolute dog shit when they actually train a combat sport and and i'm not saying this is this is yeah and this isn't unique to jujitsu would happen in striking as yeah, well. People yeah. think like, yeah, man, I could take him. Then yeah. they do a free week trial. Yeah. yeah. They do a free week trial of Muay Thai and realize yeah. that they'd be knocked out in 30 seconds. Yeah. And then they, they stop training because they just would prefer to go along with that disillusion of, yes. of thinking they could take him. Would it come to it, man? I could yeah. take him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. And I think back to the point of like why people that train don't have that feeling in the street or like, when you're in an altercation with someone that they need to engage in that, it's because you don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to- Because you do well, it on the regular exactly, in the gym. Exactly. Like, again, you you will meet people who do train and do think like that. Oh, I yes. could take him in, you know, of yeah. course there's, there's different there's types of people. To the rule. Yeah. But as a whole, yeah, yeah. Like you're like, oh man, I already have- You've had that you release. Know, 
little air bunny quotes, 10 fights a day yep. in the gym. Like, you know, I don't need to fight some loser on the street. Yeah. You know? What are you, what are you trying to prove? It's, it's ridiculous. And, um, and I think and that's, even and even if you did, like he's he's not going to appreciate how slick that arm drag was. He no. doesn't even know. So yeah. what's, yeah. <laughs> what's the point? There's no sponsors around. Yeah. There's no there's no showy. We're all waiting. Hurt to them. You could hurt yourself. <laughs> you know. You bloody. It's just a ridiculous thing to do. It's it's juvenile. But I think the the biggest point, and I think one of the biggest advantages of jujitsu is not even feeling the need to engage. Yeah. You know, and that can't be understated because. I know we've been dealing a lot with scenarios where you have an aggressor because we're talking about self-defense, but if we're being honest with ourselves, you know, that's not how all, you know, conflict out in the real world starts a lot. Like a lot of the time it's both parties engaging. So if you can eliminate one of those parties wanting to engage in a physical altercation, then for most, well, for the majority of cases, it would never happen in the first place. And I think without sounding too lame, that's the real power of jiu-jitsu is to eliminate that need or that feeling that you need to, you know, go in and clobber someone to yeah. prove your your manliness over them or some dumb shit. Until you get someone on the internet trolling you oh, and right, then and you're like, on. if I see you in person. I think my keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, so, you know, obviously we both agree that it, it works for self-defense. Uh, you know, I, I said at the beginning, all combat martial arts work for self-defense. I think jiu-jitsu is the best because of the, the reasons that we, the, that we mentioned. Uh, again, I said this at the start, but I'll say it again. It is very important as a student of jiu-jitsu to understand the difference, though, between uh, self-defense jiu-jitsu and competitive sport jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's as clear as that technique wouldn't work in this situation. And that goes both ways. Like again, bearing bolo is probably not the best thing to do in self-defense and a lot of self-defense jujitsu self-defense techniques would never work against a trained jujitsu fighter, but they would work against a drunk attacker. Right. Um, so it's very important to understand the difference. Some, some things translate both ways, but you know, they're also different situ- situations. There's techniques that you do in sport competitive jujitsu that would work in self-defense, but you may not want to do it because self-defense usually takes place on concrete or something like that, you know, not on padded mats. So it's just very important to understand there's a difference. Self-defense is designed to work against someone who doesn't train, Mm. right? Whereas sport jiu-jitsu competitive jiu-jitsu is to work against other jiu-jitsu fighters yeah i'm not going to go for a flying armbar on the streets or something like exactly that. right or you really know. i'm probably and i mean not to get us too back into the rabbit hole but i'm probably not going to go for joint locks if i can avoid it i probably would prefer to go for a choke yeah um, because i mean if you're if you're up against someone that doesn't train and you have them in an armbar they're probably not going to understand what's going on and what are they going to do? Tap? Like they might not even know yeah. to tap or yeah. like, and then yeah. all of a sudden you've just broken their arm. And I mean, the cynical out there will be like, well, that, that teaches you for attacking me. But I mean, come yeah, on, yeah, like yeah. if you can avoid breaking someone's arm. It's just way safer, you know, cause if you had them in a choke or something, yeah. if it got to it, put them to sleep, yep. take their wallet, move on. <laughs> <laughs> take, take their wallet, steal their phone, take the girlfriend. But oh, I mean, man. they even say that in, in competitive jujitsu that, uh, you know, a choke is always preferable to yeah. an arm lock. There's been plenty of, of examples of professional athletes refusing to tap and having a joint broken. Mm-hmm. The most famous one is when um, when Hodger fought Jacquardet at the whatever worlds, I can't and remember. let it break? Yeah, Jacques, yeah, because Jacquardet was up on points. Mm. Hodger had him in an armbar. Jacquardet let his arm break yeah. and then with a broken arm was able to get out of the yeah. armbar and then managed to survive until the clock went out, went on and then was crowned world champion. Mm. But Hodger was like, well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I won because I broke your arm. And it's funny though, right? I don't know if the rules have changed since then in jiu-jitsu because you know in MMA, if, if an arm's getting broken, the ref stops the fight. The ref can't right? stop it, yeah. But I don't know if, if they actually it's actually, if, break, if anyone yeah. knows the answer to this, because I actually don't know if since that, that Hodger Jacquardet fight, if they have changed the rules. But yeah, clearly 
in that fight, the ref didn't stop the fight. You know, nor you, you could see Jacare's arm was broken and he was just running the clock out. The ref didn't stop the fight to say, man, you're done. Your arm's broken. Yeah. So I don't know if they've changed the rules since then, but that's, that's you know, they say chokes are better because it doesn't matter how big and strong you are, how tough you are, how high your pain threshold is. You cut off the blood to the brain, you pass out. Yep. You know? Exactly. Well, if you know the answer to that, let us know. Yeah, if you do know the answer to that that rule, I mean, that was an IBJJF competition, mm-hmm. but just jujitsu competitions as a whole, I actually don't know if refs are told like, oh, if someone's got their arm broken, you stop, they've lost. I think definitely at like my level, it would definitely happen. There's no way in like if if you go to a local white belt competition and the ref clearly can see that your arm's broken, but you're fighting on, they're going to stop the fight. Well, yeah, they for for kids' divisions as well, I know that specifically the refs stop it, you know. So there's there's different rules mm. for the kids' divisions. They can't do a lot of Yeah, first of all, they can't do right? a lot of certain submissions. They're not allowed to do Ezekiel's. They're not allowed to pull down on the back of the head in triangles. Heaps of different rules. But, yeah, particularly – you know, arm bars, for example, the ref won't even wait for the other kid to tap. Once that arm's extended, they stop it. And it's just for safety reasons because you listeners would know just from being in the gym, let alone in a competition, with adrenaline and when you're really fighting hard, you yeah. can you can push pretty far through submissions yeah. that you might not injure yourself as in break something, but you could have a sore elbow for weeks or something I've, like I've that. I've been in a nearly fully extended arm bar in a comp, the, the last one if you remember. Um, and I mean, it was extended enough. If, if we were in the kids' division, it probably would have been stopped. But yeah. I could have. I, I was just sitting in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but f- kids don't have that understanding. Mm. They don't tap quick enough. Their joints are more flexible because they're yeah. still growing. So you know they can hyperextend and and injure, get injured really badly. So the, the refs the refs don't even let that happen. Right? Yeah. They stop it straight away. Cool. All right. Well. Just as we close this out, it's pretty clear from everything we've spoken about in the last hour or so that in your opinion as a BJJ black belt and in my opinion as a white belt, (laughs) (laughs) if you say it quietly, (laughs) normal here, that jiu-jitsu absolutely works for self-defense. And if anything, if you're going to choose one martial art or one discipline, one combat sport, we'll say, jiu-jitsu is... Just play the odds. The play yeah. the odds. You know, I, I I said when we spoke about Krav Maga, and if you're in a part of the world where you know 99% of street fight self defense situations involve a knife, mm. okay, then I don't know. I haven't trained Krav Maga. Maybe Krav Maga is the way to go. But sitting here in the yep. eastern suburbs of Sydney, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I play the odds and the. The odds are jujitsu. I've never been in an altercation with a weapon, nor have I ever seen it happen. Mm. You know, the the closest thing to a weapon around here is you see people with a glass or a beer bottle. I was about to say it's me, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm a a tank. (laughs) So that would be that would be my my summary opinion. And yeah, I I agree. And that was I think um yeah, I definitely learned a lot. If you have some hate on it though, let me know. Yeah, I will shut you down you on can a future send, episode. You can send Adam hate mail directly. His address <laughs> is as follows. No, but uh, definitely check us out at on our Instagram at ju, uh, beyond jiu-jitsu underscore podcast. And if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, either for myself through uh, nu- nutrition and, and media sort of background, or if you want to submit a question to the man himself, Adam Childs, in our Ask a Black Belt segment. We have another Q&A coming up very shortly. That's going to be in a few episodes time. So if you have any questions you want answered on the show, head over to our Instagram and send us a DM and uh, just mention in that DM that this is a question for the show and we'll air it on the next Q&A episode. Yeah, otherwise next episode we're talking about some of the, the, the key mistakes, most important mistakes that lower belts make from a from a technical point of view when when learning jujitsu slash training jujitsu yeah so if you feel you're someone who sucks (laughs) sucks, or maybe you're an instructor and you're you're wanting to be a bit more educated on things to look out for that that lower belts have a habit of doing check that out that episode will be following 
Absolutely. So stay tuned for episode number 14, where we are talking about more technical side of jujitsu. Until next time, thanks for listening. Later, Gator.